0: Uh, today inshallah we'll pick up where we left off uh, We completed the Mawaqid uh, In our last Class together and uh, Today inshallah we will Begin with uh, we also did Ihram and its and Hajj types and we will now look at prohibitions of Ihram. Okay. Dr. Ali if you don't mind. As The Shaykh of Rahman Abdullah al-Baqli Rahman said Prohibitions of Ihram. There are nine prohibitions of Ihram which are removing hair, clipping finger or toenails, covering the head of a male. A male wearing fitted clothing, except for pants, in the absence of a waist wrap, and hoofs in the absence of sandals, applying perfume, killing a consumable land game animal, what it begets, and what is begotten from crossbreeding. Marriage. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. Entering a marriage contract, intercourse, and other intimate mm-hmm. acts. For all the prohibitions, there is an expiation except for killing lice and entering a marriage contract. The local value for eggs and locusts must be paid. The expiation of a single hair and nail is feeding a poor person and that is, and that of two is two. Necessity knows no law for the Muhrim, however, they must offer an expiation. Alright, let's look here at some of the details for this. So, here we're talking about Mahdhuratul Ihram. The Mahdhurat are the prohibited acts. These are al Muharramat, things that are essentially uh, illicit or impermissible due to a person being in Ihram. Otherwise, um, these things would be perfectly permissible um, in and of themselves. But because you're in Ihram, it is impermissible for you to. He, name, he names nine things. So the first of those things is which basically means to remove hair. Remove hair in any way. And this is from any hair of the body. Whether you um, pluck it out, whether you shave it, whether you cut it, whether you pull it, if it's done, um, basically, uh, you know, not trying to remove skin and the hair comes with it by default, but um, removing the hair itself. That's number one. Number two is clipping fingernails or toenails without necessity. Um, uh, So, for example, if uh, a a hair or a nail um, kind of broke off or, or came out by itself and you removed it, then there's no penalty in this case. Like if your nail cracked and it came off and you kind of removed it or a hair came out on its own and you removed it, then this is different than you actually doing it yourself. So those are the first two. Number three is covering the head and this is specific for males. The ears are part of the head. Um, so, it doesn't matter what you cover it with, whether it's a hat, whether it's a turban, whether you use a bandage or a bandana, um, whether you use um, some fixed object, uh, even if it's not directly in contact with the head. right? So, if you were to like fix an object, like something you would use, and they discuss the The little, uh, there's a word for it, mahmil is a, it's like what what kind of upper class people used to sit in and and then they would be carried in it. It's like a box shape. There's poles that go through the top of it and there's two or four or six people that pick it up. The person sits in there. So for a man, for the male to use this as a cover, something that's permanent, they would ride through hide the whole, would be carried through the whole way. Um... Uh, or, or, or something of that nature. Not if, you know, it was a temporary thing like they sought shade from the heat under a tree or um, hopped in a vehicle momentarily or um, got shade behind a wall or something like that. But if a person or like went into a tent, et cetera, something that was not permanent, but if somebody fixed some type of covering over their head, then this would be considered um, from this category. Um, Of course, the female is not included, right? The female, she has to cover her head for purposes of covering the aura. Uh, And that would also extend to if she were to ride in that kind of little carriage thing, she couldn't have it covered or shaded um, for whatever sake. The woman's um, ihram, as it is compared to the man, is not the head, but it is the face. So a woman is not to cover her face. And this is what was narrated by the Prophet ﷺ, that the ihram of a man is his head, and that of a woman is her face. So in this case, the woman should not cover her face, fix something to it like the niqab. Um, but it would be permitted for her, in the case of necessity, to drape something over her face, Um, that was not fixed if men were to um, pass by her in close proximity and she was going to um, cover her face to avoid any um, you know illicit behavior or temptation so that is as it pertains to covering the head or covering the face Um, the next thing is uh, wearing something which is stitched um, that is illa الْمَخِيطَ li سَرَاوِيلَ لِعَدَمِ إِزَارٍ he says or الخف... خُفَيْنِ لِعَدَمِ نَعْلَيْن so basically here number four is to wear something um, the مُحْرِم this is the male مُحْرِم again specific to men if you wear something which is considered uh, uh, مَخِيط which is basically like what we wear t-shirts uh, pants trousers you wear something that's been uh, stitched or tailored to fit the body, to fit the form. It doesn't mean something that has stitching in it per se. It means something that's been tailored to fit the body. Um, Those examples he gave as an exception of sarawil, which are trousers, in the absence of the izar, which is the lower waist wrap. So you're permitted to wear the sarawil, the trousers, if you don't have the izar. The izar is the open kind of uh, open cloth that is wrapped around the waist uh, lower lower garment if you will or the chofen and we know chofen is it's a it's a, a foot covering uh this is something that's discussed in greater detail in the chapters of prayer however the chofen is something that is fixed to the foot and it is um tailored to fit the foot normally made out of leather it can be made out of wool or cotton or some other type of fabric and it's essentially like a sock. So a sock is something that's been kind of stitched or tailored to fit that body part. And this can be worn if you don't have sandals. If you have sandals, then you cannot wear al-khuffayn. You can't wear either of them. Um, the exceptions to the rule of course, if you don't have the izar and you don't have sandals and you're going to wear trousers or you're going to wear and you're going to wear the khuffayn. Uh, It is permitted to wear them, and you don't have a penalty that you have to pay. Number five is aqib, which is perfume. This is something that is um, agreed upon uh, by the scholars. It is impermissible to uh, apply perfume after you make ihram. We discussed before ihram, it's permissible for you to perfume uh, your body, uh, and it is permissible to have perfume on your uh, ihram. However, um, you can't apply it after you make ihram. It's impermissible. Neither to the body nor to the uh, garments. You also cannot intentionally go out to um, smell these fragrances, and you can't intentionally use them in food or drink, um, especially when that will be the smell of it will be apparent. It will be obvious. So if a person that goes out and intentionally uh, wants to smell, not if a person is in the marketplace, for example, they're in ihram haram, they go through the marketplace and they happen to walk by the perfume a perfume dealer or whatever, someone that's heavily perfumed and they smell it, no problem whatsoever. Or if they're carrying it like because it's closed, they're carrying it in their baggage or something that they bought from a vendor and they happen to smell it, this is something different. However, if they intentionally apply it, smell it, Use it in something where the odor is obvious, then this is from al impermissible, and requires a penalty. Number six is um, killing a al al-washil makul, which is essentially the land game animal, which is edible. Um, so basically, you're going to hunt it, and then you're going to slaughter it. Um, also, that which is the result of crossbreeding. So basically, if you have a, a, a land game animal and then you have like uh, a, an animal which is an, an edible animal but it's not uh, a game animal. You don't hunt it. It's, it's, it's livestock. And the livestock and the game animal they mate the offspring of those two animals takes the ruling of the game animal. So you cannot hunt nor slaughter those while you're in ihram. So this is the difference between what they call Wahshi and Ahli, like Himar Wahshi and Himar Ahli, which is like the Himar Wahshi is kind of like they, I think, like zebra, and Himar Ahli is like the the donkey or something. And if they crossbreed, then uh, that whatever is the result of that will follow the game animal. So you're not permitted to hunt. You're not permitted to. Um, uh, kill the hunted game. You're not permitted even to, um, like you know, help someone in the process of hunting. You're not permitted to help them in the in the, in the in the in the in the killing of the game. So you didn't do the hunting, but then you got there and you helped them slaughter it. You're not permitted to help them by way of giving them the the, the tool, whether it's a, a knife or an arrow or a spear or something, to help them in that way. um so that's particular to hunting the game, the edible game animal. Number seven is aqtul nikah, which is the marriage contract. It is impermissible to enter into a marriage contract while you are in an ihram, and it is also not valid. So if you do it, you're not married. Right? It, it's not even a real marriage. Um, even if this was done... Uh, Uh, If this was done intentionally or unintentionally, meaning you did this like knowing or not knowing, it's not a valid marriage. The next thing is, which would be after your marriage, and that is intimacy, intercourse. This is a big no-no while you're in Ihram, and it doesn't matter whether you have uh, done this um, forgetfully or out of ignorance or otherwise. Um, it certainly does spoil your hajj if it's done before the first disengagement um, and the hajj must be made up and there's a penalty the hajj must be made up then? yeah you have to it spoils it and you have to conclu- you have to conclude it oh yeah it's like you lost it basically but you still have to conclude it and then you have to make it up and there is a penalty as well with it and similarly, is the Mubashara um, fi Madun al Farj, which is basically like other intimate acts besides actual intercourse. This is also something that is uh, impermissible. It is min mahdurat al And this is whether you did it, um, you know, you did it uh, as, a, as an intimate act out of your desires. And this will also. Um, require a penalty, though it will not um, spoil the hajj itself. So he <coughs> says, fi All of these uh, impermissible acts of ihram, they have a fidya, except for qatl al qamal wa nikah. So there's two that doesn't. Qatl al qamal comes into killing animals or creatures, right? And atun obviously you mentioned that um, being number seven. So these two do not have a fidya. There's no penalty to pay. There's no penalty to pay. He goes on and he says it's an obligation when it comes to eggs. Like if a person went to take eggs, these are like wild eggs, right? You're out traveling and you're in the open plains and instead of hunting, you come across the eggs and you take them. Or the jarad, which is locust. Uh, then basically the penalty that for that is paying its market value. And that happens basically wherever wherever you did it. You know, if you took the eggs, then you take the market value of that location, of that time, and you pay it. You pay it to the poor people of that region. So basically here, when it comes to removing hair, here is he talking about a single hair or a single, a single nail. If you intentionally, uh, if you, I'm sorry, if you remove one single hair or one single nail, then you have to feed a single person. If you remove two hairs or two nails, then you have to feed two poor people. When you get to three hairs, then this is considered halq. This is like removing all the hair. And the fidya is greater, and that'll come up. Or the nails, this is like considered removing the nails altogether, which is from Mahdura al-Hajj or Mahduraat al ihram The last part of this chapter he says, uh to to al And this is a basic principle. He makes it specific for the Muharram, the person that is making Hajar Umrah, that uh, necessity knows no law. So if there is a necessity, you can do whatever is needed. So in the case of necessity, for example, um, removing hair, removing nails due to some type of uh, unbearable hardship, um, etc., uh, killing and hunting game animal. Like, you don't have anything to eat. That's the only thing that you can rely on and you can do that. Obviously, this is quite theoretic, this particular aspect, because most of us are flying in planes and et cetera. We're getting the, the food from restaurants. We don't require hunting. We don't even bring with us any food. We just bring with us money and we buy stuff along the way. But in the past, of course, they used to travel. They would travel long distances and they'd be on the road for a long time. And they would bring with them food. They would carry with them livestock, et cetera, but it may be that they run out and so they're required now to survive and in order to do so, they may need to hunt. That is, if it is a necessity, it is permissible to do it. However, he says, there is a penalty to be paid. So basically what happens is the impermissibility of it drops. It's no longer sinful. However, the penalty still remains if you commit one of these impermissible acts out of necessity you're not held accountable you are however required to pay the penalty he concludes in his explanation that it is preferred that you do not speak a great deal the muhrim or the muhrima those that are in ihram should not speak unless there is some benefit to it and of course that's to avoid any sinful words while you are in ihram in particular while you are in holy, sanctified territories. That concludes the chapter.